Good evening, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Tuesday. We are a week away from the return of Packer transplants live here on Cheesehead TV, and a week and a day away from the start of training camp. Ooh, can you feel it? Can you feel it, people? Exciting times, exciting stuff. Can't wait to get started. Can't wait to be talking ball with Corey again. Can't wait to be back in Green Bay, Wisconsin talking Green Bay Packers football with Packers fans worldwide because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV, people. Hope you're all doing well wherever you are. I uh, want to give a quick shout-out to our good friends over at Ticket King before we get started. That's right. If you want to watch the Green Bay Packers play football in 2023, utilize Ticket King, people. Head to the Cheesehead TV website or our app. Go to the schedule. You'll find individualized links for each and every game, preseason, regular season, home, away. It doesn't matter. People, don't use Ticketmaster. Don't use some of these national brands. Use a company based in Wisconsin since the early 90s. Hell, they got a spot right across the street from Lambeau Field if you're in town. But if not, no worries. Just use CheeseheadTV.com. Like I said, either our website or the app. The schedule will get you there. Or just use the link in the description of this video. Use Ticket King, people. You know you want to. You know you want to see the Packers play, and that's how you can do it. I'm telling you, folks. And you know what you should really do if you want to. If you're a serious, I mean, diehard Packers fan, you should do so while carrying your official Green Bay Packers yearbook, which you can get if you head to PackersYearbook.com and use promo code CHTV for 10% off. That's PackersYearbook.com, promo code CHTV for 10% off. Do it, people. You know you want to. Because you're diehards. That's why you're here. I mean, it's still summer. It's hot as mm, all get out here in New York City. I'm just counting the hours until I get on a plane and get out of this somewhat of a hellhole. I'm not a fan of New York in the summer, but uh, can't wait. Can't wait to be at camp. Um, and, you know, look, we spend a lot of the offseason talking about new players, right? Whether it's free agent acquisitions or, obviously, in the case of the Packers, draft picks, young players, year one, year two. It's all very exciting. But today I wanted to focus on a handful of guys. There's literally just like three, maybe a few others that you could probably put in this category where they've been hanging around for a while. They've been in the organization. They've been in the program, so to speak. And it's pretty much time to put up or shut up. You know, it, it's a time where these guys are probably going to have to ascend. They're probably going to have to have a pretty damn good training camp or they're probably on their way out the door. Um, and it's no knock on them. I'm not saying they're not talented. They all are. They wouldn't be in the NFL without talent. But, you know, this is a team that is going through a pretty significant roster reset. And there are a lot of young players that are going to be vying for playing time. And if you're a guy who's been on the roster for a while and hasn't really shown up or made a case for yourself or been able to crack the rotation, so to speak, this is a camp where things could get precarious for you. And I start with um, Shamar John Charles, who, former fifth-round pick, a guy who I thought at this point would have ascended to maybe not, you know, a starting role, but I would have thought at this point you'd see a little bit more out of him in regards to fighting for a spot at, in the nickel rotation, right? The nickel spot. He's been utilized in camp the last couple of years uh, along the interior of the secondary. I thought two years ago that he was ready to kind of vie for playing time, but it never really happened. Now, uh, to be fair, an ankle injury did limit him last year. Uh, he played in just six games, but he did play a lot of special teams. 
which is where, if he's going to stick around, he's probably going to have to fend off this youth that we're seeing kind of (laughs) injected into the roster. There's no secret. If you're a young player, special teams is your way onto the 53-man roster. John Charles could be an impediment in that regard if he balls out on special teams. He played 44% of the special team snaps last year, as opposed to just three total snaps on defense, which kind of shows you how much trust or lack thereof there was in John Charles doing much of anything uh, from scrimmage. So here's hoping. I still see the upside. I still see the athleticism. I understand why the Packers liked him, but uh, it's time to put up or shut up. There's no question about it. Uh, Another player in that category is Jonathan Garvin. Uh, Justice kind of, I was talking with Justice a couple weeks ago, and he was joking, like, why is he on this team? And I think you can see when he plays that, you know, his physicality, he obviously knows the system. He, he He's assignment sure, I'll give him that. And he's got some brute strength. And that does help him hold up against the run, probably better than a lot of his other teammates. Um, you know, that said, he played in 14 games last year. Minimal impact when he did. Uh he did contribute on special teams, but, you know, hit and miss here or there. He wasn't a stalwart on teams by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I will say he was a healthy scratch three times last season, and that never bodes well. Uh, again, on a team that is going to be rotating guys early in the season, given Rashawn Gary's situation, maybe that helps him. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. You're going to have some guys, you know, some undrafted free agents we're going to be trying to make a name for themselves, and not only from scrimmage, but on special teams. Again, a place where Garvin didn't exactly excel. He played, and I think he played fine. He held up well. But it's not like he was a, like a special team standout or anything. So he's a guy where it's, it's time. He's got to put up or shut up. No question about it. Um, and then the, the last pretty obvious one, I think, and if you're talking, you know, it's, it's time to finally do it or uh, time to cut bait, it's Darnell Savage. You know, and look, a lot comes with being a first-round pick, a lot of expectations, a lot of uh, opportunity, and there's no secret, last year was not a great year for Darnell. Um, you know, he got benched. Basically, everyone talks about him getting benched last year. He got, he got demoted twice. You know, he went from basically a frontline starter to only playing in the nickel to only playing in the dime. I mean, he just kept getting less and less responsibility. And that's not a great sign. Now, I do think there's still a lot of talent there. And I understand his game is never going to be physicality, right? Like, he's always been a pretty poor tackler, but that ramped up last year. That was unacceptable at times. The Tennessee game comes to mind. Of course, that is the game where he finally got basically sent down. Um, He's got to embrace that part of the game. You know, there's no two ways about it, especially in a defense that asks those safeties to be somewhat interchangeable. You can't be a liability in that regard. So if there is a guy who's the poster child for it's time to put up or shut up, it's Darnell Savage, especially considering what the Packers have done contractually as far as giving him that fifth-year option uh, and then adjusting his contract even after that. Um, this is the season. It has to happen. And there's no two ways about it. Um, and I do, like I said, I do think there are a couple guys who probably you could argue all maybe somewhat fall into this category. Innis Gaines kind of jumps jumps to mind, although he did miss basically an entire season with injuries. So it, it's hard to say, you know, they've kind of wrung out all his talent already. Um, I do think it's an important camp for him, but I, I don't think it's kind of 
like put up or shut up time for him. Um, the other one I kind of toy with putting here, but I'm I'm not going to, not just yet, probably not maybe next year, but is Josh Myers. Um, I don't think there's any secret when you're a Packers fan looking at the inconsistency they had at the center position last year, knowing they could have taken Creed Humphrey and knowing that they chose instead to take Myers would tell you they have some real faith in this kid. And I know he's coming off a season where they're treating it essentially as his rookie year. You know, I know, I think Butkus referenced that in the off season availabilities. Um, you know, they, they see a guy who they think could play at an extremely high level and they expected to grow and develop into a premier starter in the league. Last year, you could definitely see it in pass pro. You can see the game, how he is an athlete, and he definitely has stretches where you see the promise, right? But I don't have to tell you guys, you also see stretches, especially in the run game, where not only is he being manhandled by some of the bigger, stronger, quicker defensive tackles in the league, there are just way too many instances where there seems to be kind of a lookout block, you know, like, oh, look at who I thought you had him, whether that's miscommunication between him and the guards, whether that's something that the defense is doing to confuse him. I don't know, but there was way too much of it last year. And there's, it's just got to improve. Um, but again, because of the fact that he was taken where he was taken and the fact that he is still so young and has not played a ton yet, uh, I don't think he's quite there in the put up or shut up category quite yet. Uh, but I'm anxious to see what happens this summer. Hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see everybody. Hope you're all doing well. B Andis, hope you're well. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Maximilian here with the first Super Chat. What's up, man? Who's the least secure between JRJ, Yash, and Myers? That's a good question. In terms of, like, their straight-up play, I would say Myers. Um, you know, now what will be interesting is uh, with Runyon – you never really know if someone jumps up in camp and kind of makes a case for themselves and all of a sudden you're splitting reps, right? And then all of a sudden someone's kind of outplaying you and then you could lose your, your gig, right? I don't think he's getting cut. Uh, I tend to think he's probably still going to win that job and probably get an extension would be my guess. Um, but as far as Yash, like, I think he's got a spot on the team. I, I don't think there's any doubt that he'll most likely be given every opportunity to win that right tackle spot, and I think he does right now. You talk about going into next year, that's a whole other ball of wax. Uh, but for this season, I think he's pretty secure. And then you get to Josh, and it's like you know, everything I just talked about, there's every possibility that Zach Tom or somebody else, who knows, maybe Sean Ryan comes in and just kicks ass. And I, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. So I would, of those three, I'd definitely say Myers. Um... <laughs> Mimsy, thanks for the super chat. Who is your all twenty first century Packers O line? I love all, I love these live questions because it's like, man, I got I don't know, I got to go look at it and you know, kind of look through everyone who played and and trying to whittle it down. But I will say, um, when I think of that question, one of the first names that pops into my head is Mike Wall, um, just because of how much he improved exponentially through like that first stint at tackle, and then when they put him inside, he was just like a revelation. He was kind of reborn, and he became, you know, just a fantastic player. Um, Josh Sitton leaps to mind. Uh, you know, Bakhtiari, obviously, and, uh, you know, a few others. But 
it's just a, it's just a tough question, man. There's there's way too many kind of variables and things I'd have to kind of pour over and look at. Um, maybe I'll get to it sometime this season. Doubtful, but maybe. Vex, thanks for the super chat, man. Green Bay area meetup planned? Not yet, Vex, uh, but we will most certainly have one. We had one last year during camp, and we will most certainly have one this year. Uh, last year, I believe we were at Anduzzi's, uh one evening after practice, and that was a lot of fun, and we had a lot of people show up. It was a, lot of, it was a good time, so um, definitely be doing that again. Just watch the socials. I'll definitely talk about it here on Daily, so you definitely won't miss it if, if you're around. Badger Trio, thanks for the Super Chat, man. I hope we sign Gary in camp scared if we wait. Oh, scared? Why would you be scared? It's not gonna... The lack of a contract extension for Rashawn Gary is not going to jump out of the closet at you at night, man. No reason to be scared. Um, I mean, I, I hope they sign him sooner rather than later. I hope he gets what he deserves. It's always tricky when you're signing a dude coming off an ACL injury. That's, that's a tough... Uh, you know, it's a tough wicket, as some may say. I suspect they probably will. I know it's very easily said, much harder to do. And I don't think there's anything in Rashawn's camp that would tell, you know, obviously you want the security, you want the long-term viability, but you also want, you don't want to take just any old deal, right? Um, every possibility, he comes back maybe halfway through the year, wrecks shop and shows, like, how fantastic he is and maybe he can hit the open market i mean for him that probably be a dream now the packers would have the franchise tag available to them if they can't get a deal done of course that's where things get tricky but i again i suspect something will probably get done sooner rather than later would be my guess tonezilla thanks to the super chat man chances malik heath makes the 53 i like his upside it's hard for me to buy into the Malik Heath hype only because everything he's done so far against NFL competition has been in shorts. Very interested to see how he holds up once those pads come on. Um, but, you know, history is littered with dudes who looked all world in shorts and T-shirts and then just completely disappeared when the pads come on. So I'm, I'm pulling for the young man. Don't get it twisted. I really, I'm, I'm only the best. Rooting for him. Hardcore. But he's got a long way to go. Long way to go. Now, I will say this. If we get to a part of camp, say, 10 days in, right, and you've seen his name mentioned after the pads come on with regularity, say, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, made another play on Friday, oh, family night, family night, had a couple nice catches, blah, blah, blah. If he starts building something and getting momentum that way as far as keeping his name in the conversation, he's got a chance. Now, none of that matters if he doesn't ball out on special teams, like, at all. That is his key to the roster, without question. But uh, he's also got to make it worth their while to keep him around. Lewis, thanks for the super chat, man. Uh, do we sign a free agent edge given 52 injury and depth? Uh, well, they did. They signed Hollins. Uh, Justin Hollins, who came over last year from the Rams. Um, I believe they picked him up off waivers, and then they signed him to a, a deal this offseason. Um, he played quite well for them actually down the stretch last year. So if you're looking for a, quote, free agent, that was kind of the guy, right? Um, I doubt they go anywhere else. They've got Enigbare coming up, who had a really promising kind of second half of the season last year. Obviously, Preston Smith is there. Um, who knows who jumps up from either the rookie class or, or the undrafted free agents. But I'd be very surprised if they made a move there. Um, but don't sleep on Hollins. 
He looked really good last year. John, thanks for the super chat. Who is one Hall of Famer from the past who would struggle to be relevant now? I saw people saying, oh, Jerry Rice wouldn't be an impact wide receiver in today's game. Okay, John, I'm glad you asked this because holy cow, do I got some, some things to say here. This reminds me of every idiot who talks about Bart Starr and not holding a candle to whoever in today's game, usually Tom Brady, but whatever. Like, okay, this Jerry Rice thing, at first I thought whoever it was that was tweeting that was like, oh, Jerry Rice at the age of 60 or whatever wouldn't hold up in today's game. Well, no shit, yes, I agree. But now I'm trying to, is that, is that was, was that the thesis? Because I didn't, care enough to go explore it on Twitter, but if the thesis is Jerry Rice in his prime couldn't hang in today's NFL, you can safely set that person to ignore for the rest of your life. The idea that Jerry Rice in today's game afforded all of the advances in both like nutrition and medicine and workout ways and gear and etc. You don't think Jerry fucking rice one of the most competitive humans to ever step on a football field wouldn't have taken advantage of every single thing on offer to keep and gain an edge people just the kids just say anything man it's just so ridiculous it's it's flat out disrespectful and that's what i always talk about about bart Starr when people are like oh yes aaron Rodgers, miracle worker on the field amazing player Quoting himself, arguably one of the greatest, but okay, slow down. You give Bart Starr everything that was afforded to Aaron or Brett or any of the modern guys, you don't think Bart Starr would have taken advantage of all those things? Like, I understand comparing errors is a fool's errand as it is, but to denigrate Jerry Rice like that blows my mind, and it only tells on yourself. Not on obviously, John, but whoever's making this stupid fucking statement. All right, now that John's got my blood going, what else we got going on here? Oh, look at this. We got Adam with a Zach Tom Bombadil reference. Zach Tom Bombadil season. I love it. I love it. My, I've told you guys this once already this offseason, but I will say I continue to maintain that my one goal in training camp this year is to ask Zach Tom if he knows who Tom Bombadil is. I, I need this answer because I haven't seen it answered yet. Steve says Rice would have been even better in today's game. I tend to agree, tend to agree, in a league where they're basically not allowed to breathe on the wide receivers. Are you kidding me? Again, you guys getting me going. Ooh, Logan, that's a good one. Forrest Gregg would dominate today. You are not lying. You are not lying. I see some people saying James Lofton. I agree. I think we've kind of got... A bit of the second coming of James Lofton, maybe, with Tr- Christian Watson. We'll see. Nice long strider there. I'm taking it. I'd take it. Uh, Jerry Rice fumbled. You damn right he did. Um, Brett says, I think Zach Tom wins the right tackle job. His upside is higher than Yash. I think Yash is what he is, a viable and valuable NFL backup. <sighs> it's possible. I'm not sure I agree with your police work there, but I do think it's going to be a fun battle. There's no doubt about that. I think if Yash is right, he wins the gig. Uh, I know a lot of people look at his kind of last couple games last season and are starting to say, oh, yeah, just put Zach in there. But I think, you know, Yash, no lie, was dealing with a shoulder injury, and that really affected his game. You put him out there 100% and give him a fair competition, I think he's going to win that gig. Now, I, that 
I'm not taking any way, anything away from Zach. Um, but I do think Zach probably belongs along the interior, and I think Brian thinks the same thing as well. We'll see what the coaching staff thinks. We shall see. Um, Joseph, thank you for the super chat. Happy Tuesday from San Jose. Thank you for all you do, King Nags. All right. There is no monarchy here at Cheesehead TV. There's are, there are no kings, sir, but I appreciate it. That is, that is very kind of you. Um... So we got Simon. Thanks for checking out the stream on Facebook. 2022 draft class from Goot is looking great so far. Enigbari led all rookies in pass rush win rate. I think he can take a major step and earn himself a lot of snaps. What do you think? I tend to agree, Simon. You always wary, though. You know, I, I, I've talked about this a lot here on Daily throughout the summer, this idea that there's nothing is a given. You know, I think I mentioned this on Andy's uh, Pack-A-Day podcast on Monday. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, highly recommended. But, you know, we want these guys to take that step, right, especially from year one to year two. But, man, it's never a given. Everyone thought Eric Stokes, he had such a good, promising rookie season. Oh, he's going to hit the ground running. And then week one happens. And then the whole first month of the season happens. And you're like, what happened? I thought he was going to take a step forward. It's not a given. And now, look, I loved what Enigbari put on film last season. I I think – the Dallas game and the Tennessee game should have you really excited. But, man, he's the one who's got to do it. He's the one who's got to put in the work, right? And I'm not saying he's not. I, you know, I obviously have no idea what he's doing workout-wise or preparation-wise throughout the offseason. But that's where it happens. These guys, and then long-term listeners and viewers know what I'm going to say here. It's, it is down to you as the player. You know, the coaches will put you in the position to succeed. But, man, it is down to you. If you have a promising rookie year – you have an opportunity to really build on it and create your role and your, your kind of career in the NFL if you choose to. Or you can just try and get by on what you did and your athletic ability. And some guys do for a little bit, but it's never what it, you know, never that proverbial jump, right? And if he takes that jump and if he does the work, I think he could be a pretty damn good player in the league. No question about it. So I'm with you. I'm excited, but I got to see it. Um, He's probably he's probably a victim of a little bit of my uh, reticence to get excited about anything regarding the defense because I'm telling you, fool me once, won't get fooled again. Vex, thanks to Super Chat, man. When Rodgers came into his own, I thought he would be infinitely more success- successful than Favre was. Now I don't know. Well, you know, look, I think there's zero question that Rodgers was a better quarterback than Brett was. Um, I think they were in wildly different circumstances as far as being young quarterbacks put into the starting role, right? Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that Aaron was the better player, better quarterback. Um, now, that said, you're talking about success. It's a team thing. You know, There, there's little doubt that they were trying desperately to get back to the Super Bowl with Brett at the end, and they were trying desperately to get back to the Super Bowl with Aaron at the end. Um, but that's a collective kind of failure, right? That's, I don't put that on a Brett or Aaron. It's a team failing, right? Um but, yeah, uh, who knows? Now watch. Jordan Love will come and not be as good a quarterback as either one of them, but end up with more Super Bowl rings. It's entirely possible. And that's what's crazy. See biscuits and gravy. What a handle. Thanks for the super chat. More heartbreaking game or moment. Why everybody got to bring me down in the summer, man? The rice fumble or the debacle against Seattle. For me, the rice fumble burned a scar deep in my young heart, especially when followed by the T.O. catch. Much love. You know, the rice fumble was tough 
but that whole season leading up to that game felt like, you know, tail end to something. Didn't break my heart nearly as much as that Seattle loss. Got to be honest. Um, I mean, that was an exciting game in San Francisco. Don't get that twisted. I was up and down, heart in my throat, etc. And I was definitely heartbroken afterwards. Do not get that twisted. I'm not minimizing that. But, man, doorstep of the Super Bowl, 20 different things could have gone the other way and the other way, and the Packers end up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Seattle game's tough to top, man. That is tough to top. Although I did kind of mention the other day, for those of you who have never watched the Green Bay Packers lose a Super Bowl, highly not recommended. That's all I will say. All right, I got to get going. I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. And tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.